I would ask Jeeves, how do I Google someone? Imagine a world filled with good and evil. Sometimes orphanages burn down. Yeah, like... Also, I thought we had a thing. <laughs> and yes, I am evil, but... World with wonder. Well, it was a wizard pig. And now it's a mundane pig. <laughs> now it's just a pig. And mysterious obstacles. Caffeinated bricks. Where spirits roam. We need to, to figure out who the ghost and the ghost part are, and then we just, just get started and see what happens. Kingdoms rise. Dracula's empire is, like, expanding, which is not great. And dangers lurk. Like, mm. it's beautiful women who are actually seals, and they will steal your skin. Three doctors of English will dare to invent new movie adventures in one podcast episode. This is Plot Device, Season 4. And we're back for part two, the real movie of our TV movie of Nancy Drew, The Clue in the Crumbling Wall, on Plot Device Mystery of the Week Theater. <laughs> of the week? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I was trying to think of like the ABC Saturday Night Movie of the Week. I don't know. I, whoever's editing this, play that music. So uh, we, we kind of had a hook. I was joking uh, last time that we came right up to the point where the opening credits would smash yeah. in, presumably. But it is. It's a good point to smash in the opening credits. Yeah, we could flesh out those opening beats a little bit. Yeah. Remind our, our listeners uh, from the distant past of a week ago Yeah, what happened. So, so Nancy is a podcaster. Yeah. And she is running out of material on her show. Yeah. She's not hard bitten. We decided that she wasn't going to be a noir protagonist. Yeah. She was going to be perhaps um, slightly disinterested in her podcast. Like, it's a small town. There's not a ton of crime for her to report on. Yeah. But she's you know, she enjoys doing it and, and likes the storytelling aspect mm. of it. Yeah. So she was going to be uh, interviewing uh, a convict. Yeah. Convicted felon in prison. Did we decide if he's out of prison? I don't think we decided. I like it if he's if he's not if he's still in prison. Yeah. Because then it's like it shows you how serious she is about the podcast and telling her stories and everything like it. Like she's willing because I think one of the traits about her that I liked is when you were like she's brave and she's willing to do yeah. stuff. She's not bothered by going into a prison as like I know when I was a teenager there'd be just no chance. <laughs> yeah. So she'll go in and interview the person and that's when she finds out the additional. And it'd be nice if the prison guards um weren't familiar with her but there was some uh grudging respect like she's been doing this podcast for a little while they're kind of aware of her maybe one guy's a fan of the show makes a joke about it i think it'd be a funny beat if there's like one episode of this podcast that was much more successful than all the other ones and it's like <laughs> the one that every character brings up when they talk to her they're like yeah you really you really did that uh the old clock yeah the, <laughs> the old clock <laughs> Really like that uh, episode about the bank heist. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I just think you know to flesh it out a bit, it would be funny. And if she was like, you know, that episode was like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like the idea that um, we could use even specifically titles of books. For yeah. Like oh, yeah. Easter eggs for. Uh, it's a good idea for some of the titles. Yeah. Like the, the first, clock. the first Nancy Drew is the secret of the old clock. Oh, whoa. This is like we're so yeah we, doing so we like throw in, we throw in some tips of the hat okay but I, I like this idea of the character you're right like she's brave she would just do something that a lot of kids wouldn't do mm -hmm. 
And that puts her in this position where she hears things that other people wouldn't hear. And in this case, what she hears in this interview, maybe the interview itself is just kind of, it's fine, but like Reg is saying, maybe it's not super engaging or super interesting. She's a little disengaged. Maybe she's, you know, looking out the window or something. I don't know. It's kind of rude, but, you know. But then this this prisoner says something about this other prisoner, like we were suggesting, you know, oh, here's the real story, right? Or, what, you know, so, oh, I'll give you a, a real interesting story, right? So what if, so one thing I kind of picture is uh, she's, yeah, she's drifting off. She's kind of looking away and he, the, the, the prisoner looks at her and he's like, I, I knew your mom. And that uh, gets her back. Oh, that gets her back. Hey. And she's kind of so what I what I think that the scene suggests and maybe a more cliched easy route would be um, this is like a, a a real trigger point for her she gets really mad she gets upset um, but instead the moment actually pivots and he tries to be nice mm-hmm. right so instead of it being a threatening moment he's like yeah she actually used to come and like read to us yeah and that so when when you contacted me that's why i i said yeah like your mom was yeah. a great lady yeah and uh i know this is like this is kind of boring uh this isn't really this isn't what you want um it's but, a white collar crime he's but, talking about tax yeah yeah, actually, yeah he's there for yeah or like it was it was some kind of fraud where someone uh <laughs> stole earrings yeah and then sold them to the to the antiques dealer Sorry, I don't. I, I want to rein in my ability to make jokes here, but I'd like it if we don't see the interview, just the last part where he's like, anyway, it turns out that's wire fraud. <laughs> see, in those days, copper wire was worth a lot more. Anyway, if it's more derelict. than 10 grand. <laughs> so we figured we could strip him. Anyway. And she's just like, uh. Yeah, but I, I mean, just to quickly sketch out that that crime is not super... Yeah, it's not very engaging, but yeah, I, I like that. It's it's her mom that gets her attention, right? and then he then he throws her this story, and he's like, I, "I actually do listen to your show. You're really you're really good. You just don't have anything interesting to talk about." Yeah. River Heights is, you know, everyone. No one wants to talk in River Heights about yeah. the, the crimes. Yeah, no interesting crimes in River Heights anymore. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. yeah, and then he tells her he used to be cellmates with uh, Jimmy McGrath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Jimmy McGrath, like from the McGrath murders. Yeah. Yeah. From the, from the kidnapping. The McGrath the kidnapping. Yeah. Or they would say no, the McGrath murder, No, she would say right? murder. They would say yeah. murder. Oh, yeah. yeah. She would say murder. The McGrath right? murder. He's like, no, the McGrath kidnapping. He's like, murder. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy kidnapped Carolyn Keene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he kidnapped that girl. Yeah. And, oh, guys, the fact that Carolyn Keene is going to be the name of the victim gives us so many opportunities for... Changing identities. Oh, okay. Anyway, so okay, all right. We have set ourselves up with a lot of possibilities for twists. Yeah, but it, it, that's that's good. That makes a lot of sense. So it's it's was set up as everyone thinks that this was a murder, like that he's known as a murderer who then died in prison, right? And presumably no one cares because yeah. who would, right? But yeah, she gets this story, and it's an interesting hook for a story, right? Yeah, Carolyn Keene. It'd be great if the last thing she says is, that's a really interesting hook, and then the opening credits. (laughs) (laughs) Great hook! (laughs) So I think then uh, she goes home, and she's she's recording, and she's putting this together, and she's, we got to meet Bess and George and Ned. Mm. Yeah. 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 So... What are they going to... They're making a TikTok video. I'm trying to really stereotype Jim <laughs> Zed right here. Maybe, well, they, maybe they want to do something else. 
Like she she's supposed to meet them, but she's stuck in she's stuck editing this file or something or writing the show notes. Yeah, I think the the appeal of Bess and George as characters, uh, the appeal for me at least, is that they're um, differing impulses, but that they they always have her back. Right. Like mm-hmm. Bess doesn't uh, like adventure, but she she goes along with things. Right. And so, despite the fact that she's characterized as sort of cowardly, she's actually quite brave. Right. And George is adventurous and outgoing and impulsive. And those are qualities that the um, the books don't treat as uh, as disadvantages, but but as, as sort of intrinsic to why Nancy likes them. Right. So I'd like to meet Bess and George in ways that make them likable. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they're maybe they're involved in. I don't know, working on the current episode that Nancy was working on? Like, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, like, they're they're helping her with it. So, George comes in on rollerblades. Yeah. Does a sweet move. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Like, like the kids today. Yeah. But, yeah. Bess they're, comes they're in with, like, a banker's with. box full of Xeroxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're working on it. And so, she comes back and... and uh, long pause while Reg tries to think of an idea... I don't know. Maybe maybe it's this thing where now Nancy's kind of distracted by this idea, right? Like maybe yeah. Bess and George are both still working on this other episode, and they're like, you know, I got to say, it seems like they just lied about the value of the land, and then <laughs> you know the guy who bought it. Maybe they have, the maybe they have like a rule that they always, when they're done making the podcast, they just go and they hang out or do whatever. Like I don't know, they go to the coffee shop and they don't talk about the po- like they leave the podcast behind you know? sure yeah they go to the beach yeah. but yeah they go to the beach i like it it's by the river um but nancy won't do it this time like she just yeah. keeps talking about it and they're like yeah what gives you you know you know our you know our pact you know our best friend club agreement yeah and what if the podcast is uh a, a truly joint effort like hmm. using i don't know certain podcasts i i know for example what if there's the three of them and each take turns yeah doing oh, an yeah. episode this Good is, so this is reference. Like, hey, you know nancy like this is uh like when we're done we're done like Bess is up next week and we like we have the deal yeah. after we finish recording we take a break we do a rap party at the beach or whatever yeah yeah but like nancy can't let this one go and yeah. that's it. Your episode about the 1987 land fraud swindle <laughs> yeah, is over. Right. It's done. The mineral rights case is over. <laughs> the case of the secret mineral rights. <laughs> the case of the surveyor's mistake. <laughs> it turns out they bought the air rights way above the city. That is a for those long-term listeners in uh Whoa. That is a deep cut. It's yeah. a subtle, subtle callback. <laughs> anyway. um, yeah, okay, but I, I like that. So maybe this, and that's great too, because it signals that this is different. This is different than the ordinary cases that they do for the podcast. And, you know, maybe they're Bess and George are, maybe George is kind of willing to be like, you know, if you think this is an episode, we should talk about it next time we meet up to talk mm. about a podcast episode. And Nancy says, I, you know, I don't know if this is an episode. It's something else. and Yeah. She's like, I think it's yeah. a mystery. Yeah. She's like, I don't think this one's been solved. That's the problem. People have done podcast episodes. Like the New Yorker came yeah. in one of their like, we're going to visit this small town, <laughs> interview the hicks that live here, yeah. and then uh, talk about the, the, the kidnapping murder. So it's already been done. Yeah. Um, yeah. M-Town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but so they're like so she wants to she's like somehow she's got to get to the point where she's like i think we should try to solve this mystery yeah me and maybe it's something where she has to convince both both bess and george in a different way right so bess is more maybe skeptical of this like she's brave but is also kind of like you know, I don't know if there's actually something here. A guy just told you something. Yeah. A guy just told you. A guy in jail. Like, you have hearsay that someone says they didn't commit a murder. You, you don't of have a crime. Um, you don't have from, any evidence. From 20 years ago. Yeah, from 20 years ago. And maybe, you know, George is more like, I don't know how interesting this is. Like, it's already a crime that's been solved. Well, and here's a question that I think is a good one. How would she even start to investigate this? Yeah. So if you're going to try to figure out whether the murder and the kidnapping had... I mean, a good good piece of exposition would be to go over the facts of the case as mm. it did play out, right? So maybe they could talk to, oh, I don't know, someone who was a lawyer on the original case. <laughs> Drew Carey. Nice. Boom, Drew Carey show. <laughs> Cleveland rocks a lot. <laughs> Remember how I, weird that show got in the last season? No, just kidding. So forget weird. it. Cut this. But I like the idea that she would... Um, they're on the beach and they're like Nancy like okay fine you can have we'll do this episode in three weeks when it's your turn yeah and she's like guys he knew my mom then they mm-hmm. pause for a second then they all start laughing they're like no nah, no Ta- yeah. you, you used the mom card last week she's like oh right yeah I wanted ice cream and I, I wanted yeah. I yeah, remember Rocky the, land, the land surveyor went to high school with your mom it was also it's like it's that. a small town everyone knew your mom yeah but uh, so then, yeah, they they agree. I think Bess and George agree that like, okay, there's enough here that we could maybe do an episode and we'll agree that we could bump it up in the rotation if your dad says there's something here. Yeah. So then they go talk to uh, to Carson. Yeah, Carson maybe, Drew. you know, Carson was like a law, an articling student yeah. at the time or something. Like he wasn't the main lawyer on the case. It was 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he what, what kind of lawyer is he? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, we we would pick right, oh. like small town lawyer does a bunch of everything, right? Yeah, okay, okay. Like he would do real estate, he would do family law. I mean, he would even do. Um, He's defense, the DA right? and the defense. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a golem scene. He's quickly switching ties. <laughs> I object. <laughs> I can't recuse myself. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I like that idea, but but he's he's not the he's not the district attorney. He's not like the city's lawyer or something. Yeah. So he would have been the lawyer of the man who was accused. Yeah, not his firm represented. Yeah, his firm represented. Sorry, he's not the lawyer. He, is Nancy super, is Nancy yeah. Drew's dad normally very encouraging? Is, yes. Okay. Yeah, in the books, he's uh, he's a really supportive, encouraging figure, and. Um, gives her a lot of independence. Like he trusts her when she says something. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want her to go out and risk her life, but he understands um, that she's going to do a pretty good job of it. So with, I think it would be interesting if she goes to talk to her dad about this and doesn't mention the connection to her mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she just says, we're thinking about doing this as an episode. You know, do you do you remember that case? Right. And I, I guess she, she looked up enough about the case to know that he was actually... Yeah, at the law firm at the time, right? Yeah, and Bess and George are like, "You've done research. Like, <laughs> you you have clearly done a lot of research." This- so uh, we could, yeah, we, and we could just get right to the heart of it. Like I was suggesting exposition, but we don't need to get into super a lot of details about it. Maybe Nancy Drew is just like, "Well, how how was he convicted of murder with no body?" Yeah, like how did that work? Mm-hmm. 
because he the kidnapping like the evidence is really airtight but the murder you don't have a body yeah so um if you guys remember the case uh the uh the dexter copycat killer from from uh several years ago the guy who um uh he he murdered someone and filmed it oh god and he was right. he he had written a script like he he was he was oh. inspired by the the uh showtime television series right. dexter well that's too bad um oh. but he was he was arrested for first degree murder and they didn't find a body okay but he had filmed it because well they had uh some forensic evidence from the film they also had a lot of circumstantial evidence like a lot of blood and the guy's vehicle and well and actually i mean this could be an interesting thing for you know maybe carson to explain the sort of minorly interesting fact that circumstantial evidence isn't bad evidence yeah right mm-hmm. it's not useless evidence so he'd say like we you know we had enough evidence to the, the, to the place the, mcgrath yeah. at the scene of the murder Right, and I, I just feel like there has to be somewhere where this unravels a little bit. Well, I know where it's going to unravel. Okay, great. So, yeah, there's they they lacked a body, but they had uh, murder weapons, uh, an incredible amount of blood. There was um, evidence of a struggle. This disappearing girl who was never found. Right, and so um, the 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 McGrath murder took place in in the the uh, woods, the forest behind. Uh, River Heights. Right. They have every reason to believe that she was killed. And the the police were convinced that no one could have escaped. Right. No one saw a girl in the intervening days or weeks. There was enough proof of the disposal of a body. Right. Into a body of water where the body would disappear. Okay. That they could reasonably believe Right. And convict uh, and convince expert jury testimony. Yeah, that so a body was disposed testimony. of. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the lack of discovery did not mean it wasn't disposed of. So, yeah, so that would be interesting because it would be like Carson explaining that they had enough circumstantial evidence that it was enough to convince to convince the trial to actually proceed. Right. Mm-hmm. But he was on his firm was on the defense. They were so they get to see all the states. And they would know right? everything about that. Yeah. Like he would say, you know, it, he would say something like, "In my opinion, you know, there was a possibility that there was no murder." Right. That's what they tried to argue. I think what Nancy's going to um, really key in on, what no one else has keyed in on before, is Carolyn Keene. Yeah, she was an eighteen-year-old girl. Yeah. Um, no one else really cared about her other than the fact that she was dead, and Nancy finds. Nancy wants to know about who this person was. Right. And Nancy's going to research her. She's going to ask people because like the the running joke we've got so far is everyone knew Nancy's mom. She was a kid at school, but no one remembers Carolyn Keene. Hmm. So Nancy's going to learn that Carolyn Keene's not a real person. You know, I just thought of what could be going on here. I feel like from Reg's face, he also thought of what could just be going on here. Let's walk down your path Ghost? a little ways and see what's happening here. Well, I want to hear what... You're thinking first. Well, I, I feel like I'm I'm leaping way too far ahead in this mystery. <laughs> well, I think it's okay if if we leap ahead. Um, I think maybe artificially holding off on twists might make it harder. Yeah. Okay. Because we could always say no. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, my thinking about this was that Nancy runs Carolyn Keene's social security number, and it's someone else. Ooh. Like, it's another person's social security number. I was thinking... So, 
I was thinking very much the same thing. Okay. She she starts looking into Carolyn Keynes. I was thinking like her driver's license. Yeah, okay. And she finds that um, so 20 years ago, you wouldn't just Google someone. No. Well, 20 years ago, maybe you would Google someone. Um, <laughs> Sadly. But the police didn't. The police didn't just Google Carolyn Keene. 20 years ago, you would web crawler somebody. <laughs> Yahoo. I would ask Jeeves, how do I Google someone? <laughs> and so I was thinking she would find that uh, the person who was named Carolyn Keene and the face isn't the person who Carolyn Keene was okay and so the person who went missing called herself carol keen right and keen but in fact stole that identity right so she the person who went missing didn't wasn't from the town she so what i'm picturing is nancy learns that this girl had moved to river heights not long before being kidnapped, like which is no why everyone assumed she was targeted. Right, everyone she, else was safe. They had fa- mm. they had family units. They lived out on the edge of town by yeah. the woods, right, or something like. She that. She was a new kid. She was standoffish. She didn't she, have parents. Like, how did she? And so her dad or her. So one of the things I, I I'm sort of constructing in my head is that Nancy sees a lot of parallels mm-hmm. between yeah, her so and she this has girl. A single she has a single father right. who's who quickly disappeared. After the uh, the arrest of and yeah. conviction of McGrath, right? He didn't even testify, right, against McGrath. Yeah, Great. and 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 Carson Drew remembers thinking that was very strange. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he remembers th- thinking like it would have been emotionally really powerful, and yeah. it was is not a strong is not the world's strongest case circumstantially. So yeah, yeah. Well, I think my thing should still have happened, but we'll save yeah. that for a little bit further in the okay. investigation, right? So what, yeah, what would a... Nancy's next stop? Because now she thinks there's something up, like there's something weird there. And I like Reg's insight that she sees some kinship with this girl from 20 years ago and that she thinks that something else happened, right? Maybe, she... it, maybe part of it is that she doesn't want it to be what everyone says it was. Which I think is a good character trait for her. Yeah. And she wants it to have turned out better. Maybe she goes and visits the house Absolutely. they used to live in, which yeah. is now like derelict at a town. Yeah, totally. And this could be a good one where the friends have to help her. Yeah. Either they have to come with her to try to investigate it, because that's kind of a spooky thing. Or maybe they have to do distraction or something like well, that. Well, investigating spooky houses is an answer to staple, at least from the covers of the books I've looked yeah. at. Yeah. She's okay. always got a flashlight and a... So a weird, spooky old house. They go to the McGrath Manor, right? And then, you know, it's, I know it's not. Yeah, same. everyone calls it McGrath Manor. <laughs> yeah, it's some. It's just a it's crap. Oh, wait, so is this going to be where the Keens lived, or is this McGrath's old house? Oh, sorry, oh, no, I got, this, I got that wrong. The Keens. Okay, sorry, I, the I messed lived, that yeah. one up. Well, we could have McGrath Manor later. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because I'm thinking she's working both ends of this case, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so we're talking about... The the Keen's old house, it's derelict. It's just a just a dump, outside of right? town. Yeah. There's a crumbling wall. Yeah. And there's gonna there's be a crumbling wall. And there's gonna be a clue in that crumbling wall. And I think maybe this is the place for my clue. Yeah, okay. The social <laughs> the social security <laughs> number. Well, I'm just I'm thinking like what would have a social security number on it and wouldn't have been important to this investigation, I guess. Just like it's Carolyn Keene's wallet. Some document or something. Well, you know, it's no. like a safety box. They find something. a safety box, mm-hmm. right? Like a firebox or yeah. whatever. They find a firebox um so I think they're not just going to start smashing a wall, but this is a decrepit place that hasn't been looked at. And the box is probably like starting to fall out. It's yeah. clearly, it had been hidden, mm-hmm. but 20 years of erosion 
Yeah, like maybe a sheet of plaster just falls yeah. off the whole wall and it's behind, yeah. you know, the electrical socket or something, right? Bats fly out. One of the friends gets panicked and runs into the wall by accident. <laughs> yeah, falls yeah, off she of falls off, right? Yeah. And yeah, then, okay. Like, you know. But I like the idea that this this would lead her to, these are like the documents. This is like, you know, the passport, the, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, some identifying documents yeah. of, of Carolyn's, right? And it's like... You know, they, they're these kind of ghoulish souvenir things, but for her, they're a clue. Yeah. Right? Although they wouldn't obviously be a clue, right? So maybe this is an argument that she has with Bess and George, right? Are they just, you know, weird finds that she found and she should just turn over to whoever, like the county museum or something? Yeah. Or, or is it a clue? Okay. So what she's going to find in the box, she's going to find a passport with the photo either uh, torn out or unintelligible yeah she's gonna find a sin card she's gonna find a driver's license again photo is 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 illegible and she's gonna find uh like a brooch or uh a charm bracelet with like a distinct family crest yeah Mm. okay okay so guys we've come to the part where i have a a series of ideas now that are gonna unfold i don't want to uh railroad the rest of this but i have some ideas okay let's hear them let's hear them so i think what Nancy has to do is try to figure out who the missing girl was, the girl who took on the name Carolyn Keene. Right. So she's going to track these down and find out that the passport, the driver's license, the SIM card all belong to different people. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm. the person who disappeared, who will call Carolyn, but that was just a name she stole. Right. Was an identity thief. Right. So then the question is, who was her dad? Right. Who's this guy? Yeah. And what's his deal? Yeah. So she wants to find this guy. So she's going to go around asking everyone in town. Simultaneously, Bess is in charge of tracking down the the person who had the SIN number. Right. Who, the real Carolyn Keene. Right. This, this woman who had her identity stolen. Right. So Bess will be in charge of that. And so that'll be a subplot that we'll come to later. But they're going to have to find out who this... Uh, this guy, this father was right. Was he really your father? Was there something weird going on? Like, why did he run away? Yeah. Everyone just assumed it was because his daughter died and he was, he was traumatized. But Carson drew had a weird sense of him. Like he did not want to testify. Yeah. He really didn't want any public appearances. Yeah. So they're going to like, he could have done written testimony. Yeah. But he refused even that. Yeah. Even a deposition. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't even give a statement to the police. Yeah. Yeah, Carson was on the defense, so he'd probably prefer it if the dad didn't say anything. Yeah. Well, he could say, like, we were expecting it. Yeah. Like, we were expecting... Normally, it's the sobbing father, and yeah. We were expecting him to justice. testify. Then, you know, he got cold feet. We were expecting written testimony. We never even got that. Mm-hmm. Like, that was never... It was part of the case that they withdrew. Yeah. And I think and George... he heard that it was because the father just didn't want to be a yeah. part of it. So George is going to be the... Do the legwork. Yeah. So if they each have a role... Mm-hmm. I sort of I picture them as more of a team of detectives rather than just like Nancy doing everything. So George is going to be the she's she's the legs. Right. She's running down clues. Yeah. So she's going to um, try to fi- figure out who this guy was. She's she's hunting down leads, looking yeah. for where he worked. Yeah. And so he worked at the school. Okay. He was a custodian to the school. Okay. And so they asked the principal. The principal hasn't been there very long, doesn't remember him. Go into the, like, ask the the, the head custodian. He's He's been here for, for decades. He remembers everyone. He right. remembers every student who's ever been through here. 
And then so they they talk to the custodian. His name is Salty. He's a... Uh, he used to be a sailor, but now he's a, he's a custodian. <laughs> yeah, he runs, he runs a tight ship. <laughs> he runs a tight ship at the school. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so he, yeah, he he remembers. <laughs> he remembers Keen, right. Joe Keen, right. And he's like, it was yeah. He uh, to be honest, I, to, to be honest, I think he, <laughs> he took the job because he was hiding from someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was on the run. Yeah. He demanded we pay him cash he, under the table. He wanted cash. Yeah. And in the wild west of the early 2000s, <laughs> anything goes. It was pre-Columbine. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to be in the 90s then. Oh, you're right. It was post-Columbine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Post-Columbine, pre-9-11. Yeah. <laughs> The year was 2000. The year 2000. Y two K. What a relief. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So he, he could. I mean, you could say like you know, it seemed like he could have been. It seemed like he had jobs other than being a custodian. Like he could have done other stuff, but he wanted this job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nancy mm. asks, if "There's anything else memorable about him?" And he says, "Yeah, he had a charm bracelet." He wore oh. a charm bracelet. Okay. Who wears a charm bracelet? And Nancy's like, oh, okay. That's an interesting At the time, fact. we all wore Tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing but gimp. That was us. Pogs were at their head. Pogs were on the downswing. I had invested heavily. <laughs> we traded our slammers in for Tamagotchis. I don't, even that's like, I don't even have the timeline right on that one. We're really hitting that Gen Z audience right now. <laughs> okay, okay. So... Uh, all right. So meanwhile, in the other part of this investigation, right, Bess is the one who's looking into McGrath himself, right? Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. More to say about that. So she's looking into McGrath himself, right? And we've established like he comes from a wealthier family, like a surprisingly wealthy family. Yeah. And maybe this is something where, you know, he's one of these people who people thought there was always something kind of weird about him, but there was no like. There's no like money reason why he would have done a kidnapping. Yeah. Right. And Joe Keen, not Joe Keen. So Joe Keen is, he's a mystery figure. We've got the charm bracelet clue that we'll figure out what to do with after. Um, but uh, Carson Drew tells Nancy he's been invited to um, a fundraising dinner at the McGrath Manor. Yeah. They are heavily involved in politics and they're doing a fundraising dinner. It's a $10,000 a plate. Sure. Uh, and his firm's been invited to, and his firm always always buys a few seats at the table. So he invites Nancy and George and Bess. And I think, um, I don't know if this is an Andrew Drew staple or not, but I really love the uh, sneaking around a fancy party. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. And so we get Nancy, Fred and George all dressed up. And George is obviously going to wear a tuxedo. Nice. And they sneak into the party. They're invited into the party and then they're going to sneak around McGrath Manor. Yeah. Looking for clues. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what kind of clues would they be able to find. Well, I know one clue they're going to find. The clue in the extremely well-maintained wall. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. They're going to find, like, another charm blade. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is fun, too, because now I'm trying to solve Reg's mystery. <laughs> <laughs> There's connections I'm here. willing to jettison anything if better ideas come Yeah, out. okay, okay. No, no. I, I, I want to... Let's uh, all allow it. <laughs> I mean, I have ideas, but I also am like, where's where's your plan? Where are you going with this, right? This is going to be a clue thing where there's three different endings. Yeah. Or like that episode about the cursed monkey. We also have to have a, there ha- and, and probably after this. So they find this 
this bracelet that yeah. matches, right? There has to be a point where there's danger for them. Yeah. Like they've found, they've wandered into stuff that they shouldn't have. Maybe they get an email to their podcast account. That's oh, like definitely. Best gets episode best, suggestion. Yeah. Nancy Drew murder. <laughs> Some, yeah, yeah, it's a podcast. Some kids it's, stick their nose where it doesn't belong. Yeah. And then they just turn up dead. Yeah. Funny thing about looking into That's all in the regarding line and then the <laughs> yeah. body of the message is like Yeah. It was a Google form. You had to fill out a Google form. (laughs) Yeah, George just like skipped them over, but Bess is the one who's fastidious about their correspondence. She's (laughs) like, oh, um, so you didn't notice the death threat we got two days ago? Yeah. uh, I just marked as red. Sorry. Yeah. It wasn't a tip for a hot true crime episode. Oh, that's even creepier, too, because they they would be like, oh, someone saw us at the party, and then they realized it was two days ago. So someone saw them at the house. Someone at at, at the... the, Like at the abandoned house. Yeah. So I think uh, Nancy's going to be followed mm-hmm. in the yeah. next scene. Okay. Someone's trailing her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so great. is she going to chase. So is she going to... Wh- which part is she investigating now? She's looking into... Not the father, not McGrath. She's trying to find the real Carolyn Keene. Yeah. She's trying to find the person maybe, whose identity was stolen. Maybe she's taking the charm bracelet to like a jeweler. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. jeweler Tra- says nothing. Yeah, antique dealer, antique junk, dealer. junk dealer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like the flea market or something. Because like, if that's a key piece of evidence, then there's even more reason for her to be followed. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? So maybe she's like, uh, like out, uh, goes to some junk dealer out on the highway or something. Yeah. One of those like old barns that's been converted into you know, a junk place and, you know, takes the bracelet in and just asks like, what do you, what do you, what do you know about this? Or what can you tell about this? Like, where's it from? How old is it? Right. And it's got to be something reasonably distinctive, right? Yeah. Like, uh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, I don't want to scotch you. Oh no, it's here. a, it's like a Griffin or something. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's mm. not incredibly unusual, but you don't see a lot of charm bracelets that look like this. And they're the, the two have the same charm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, right. They both have the same charm. Oh my gosh. This griffin is perfect for my mystery. <gasps> okay. Okay. So. So what, what, what's, do, is that all that they know? They just learned that it's a, it's a griffin? Well, I think what they yeah. should learn. What you got is, here is a <laughs> uh, uh, griffin. <laughs> this is uh, this is Donald Duck. This is Donald Duck. Uh, he's wearing a shirt and a sailor hat and no pants. So, so, <laughs> got yeah. this at Disneyland. It says Disneyland 1990 on it. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Crack that case wide open for you. Uh, you want to buy something or, or what? Like, I got some lamps. I got an old clock. You like old clocks, Nancy? Yeah, that's, right. like, that's the one other one we know. You like Hummel? Hummel figurines? Yeah, a lot of those. Anyway, okay, so what, Reg, tell us. So Nancy realizes she's being followed and the, the, the pursuer... Her tail has come into the junk shop. Oh, spooky. So we're going to have a bit of a junk shop slow chase. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, right. And Nancy's going to uh, get out and ambush him in the hallway. Right. With George, because she texted George as soon as she realized she was being followed and she's not a dummy. Yeah, okay, great. She's not just going to let this guy tail her for all day. So, hat off, It's it's a really old man. Okay. But, you know, maybe he's not really old, but he looks haggard. He looks worn. Okay. And it's Joe Keen. Yeah. Yeah, it's of the course dad. it is. Yeah. He's been following her. Yeah. And he tells her to leave this alone. Yeah. 
leave it alone. And he says, leave her alone. Yeah. And Nancy grabs onto that. She's like, she's alive. He says, Whoa. no, no, she's not alive. I didn't say anything. Just stop it. Stop investigating this. Yeah. And then, so she tells her dad, her Bess is freaking out. Yeah. There's the death threat. And then they hear on the news that there's been a break-in at like the, the cheap hotel downtown. Yeah. Okay. The room's been sacked. The, the, the occupant of the room wasn't there, but it was, it was clearly a break and enter and he was lucky he survived. Right. They, they, with, with uh, Carson Drew's help, they go, they are able to look at the crime scene and it looks like someone tried to kill Joe Keen. Right. Wow. He didn't die. He wasn't there. He put pillows under the blankets <laughs> to pretend a- to be a body. Okay. <laughs> classic Joe Keen move. Right. Class, classic Joe Keen. And, uh, and, and he disappeared again. Right. But he just, he showed up to warn Nancy and he disappeared. Ooh, okay. He wasn't threatening her. He was warning her. He was her. warning her. He was trying to help her. Right. How deep does this go? Okay. I feel like we're going to pull on another thread of this. I feel like we're going to pull on the Carolyn Keene okay. thread. Because we've also this whole time been looking into who was Carolyn Keene, like the actual person, the real person, right? So again, I don't want to ruin... Yeah, what wanna, came up on that... Social insurance. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin your thing here, right? But I'm thinking she looks up the insurance number, the social insurance number, and it's it's Carolyn Keene, who is like someone who has long been dead, like mm-hmm. way before this whole thing started, yep. like thirty years ago, for example. Yes, Carolyn Keene lived in a town not too far from River Heights. Yeah. She lived in the area, but she's been dead. So she died 10 years before the kidnapping. But Carolyn Keene used to work at McGrath Manor. Yeah, okay. The Carolyn Keene who is The real Carolyn Keene, whose identity was stolen. Okay. So um, I think I might just let you guys in on what I'm thinking. Okay, what are you thinking? It's all added up to this. So Carolyn Keene and McGrath what we say his name was Jimmy Jimmy McGrath they had an affair okay and they had a daughter okay they had a daughter 20 years ago okay so Carolyn Keene's family was uh unscrupulous and they tried to blackmail the McGraths Mm -hmm. okay the McGraths uh Initially just paid them, paid them to go away. But um, after 10 years of doing this, uh, Kevin McGrath's father finally just snapped. And two days later, Carolyn Keene was found dead. Brake lines cut. Okay. Or car accident. Car accident. Brake lines cut, we don't know. But, but car accident. She died. Okay. Uh, leaving it, leaving it a 10-year-old daughter. Okay. Um, that was widely believed to uh but was 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 unknown people like people didn't know about this they kept this a secret right um but so then when when uh this is this, just nancy at a cork board by the way yeah <laughs> yeah when uh this girl shows up 10 years later carolyn Keene, or eight eight years later she's a teenager carolyn and it calls herself carolyn Keene. it's very clear to mm, the mcgrath family yeah. that it's a message this is their scion yeah come home She's got some unscrupulous guy who's trying to help the blackmail and she wants the family fortune. Okay. So what happens is Kevin 
McGrath. Jimmy? Jimmy. 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 Why do I keep calling him Kevin? Jimmy McGrath helped fake his daughter's death. Right. So that his parents wouldn't kill her. Right. The way they did her mom. Right. And he hires a buddy. Right. Joe Keen. To help him. And so he's warning Nancy that the McGraths. Right. Are after them. Right. That's, that was my idea. And that's so the, the, the Griffin, the reason that that works is this is the rich family and the low family. This is a hybrid animal. This is, this is the thing. That's for the literary critic. (laughs) That he shared with his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll turn you to stone if it looks at you. (laughs) No, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Very serious. (laughs) That's great too. And you could even throw in the thing where he's like, they killed their own son. Yeah. They'll kill you without thinking about it. Yeah, they 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 killed him in prison. Yeah. Oh, the McGrath family, bad people. Oh man. Yeah, so QAnon is all about the McGrath family. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that that makes sense. Okay, so he that's why he was willing to go to jail for yeah. it because he had to be convicted of it in order to prove that and it's also why Joe was not willing to be involved with this yeah. at all because he's barely a real person. Yeah. Like, okay. So Nancy Whoa. now knows, but she can't prove any of it. Yeah. So she and Bess and George have to debate. Do we put this on the podcast? This, right. I'm the daughter of a lawyer. I know that this is libelous. Yeah. <laughs> this is potentially actionable. If we publish this, we could get sued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're accusing a very rich family. And even if we don't get sued, we're accusing very rich people of very horrible things. We know what happens when that, when this family is yeah. accused of horrible things. Yeah. Yeah. They, they Wait, killed well, their own son. But may, maybe this is where Nancy kind of stands out as a different person. Maybe she says, we have to ask Carolyn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have to like, find her. Like, she's the we only, have to find she's her. the person this case is about. We need to ask her. Mm. And that's what Bess has been working on. Yeah, okay. So Bess has got a bit of a paper trail. Yeah. Now, I don't think she would stay close to River Heights. No. She'd want to get far away. All the way to Bayport. All the way to Bayport. <laughs> the other fictional city that we thought of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that, that makes sense. So so she tracks down Carolyn maybe through, like, date of birth or something rather than actual name. Oh, yeah. Like, she finds someone who has mm. that, finds people who have that exact date of birth who live somewhere in that kind of remote well, city. Well, yeah, like, maybe... Of the the three of them, Bess is the one who's who's best at the um, the sort of tedious uh, elimination of of false possibilities. Yeah, it's like I'm looking for birthdays of approximately this time. I'm just going to look through every name. Well, that would that would even be great because it's like you know Nancy would be like, oh, how did you know? How did you find Carolyn? And Bess is like, why I found the three thousand people <laughs> who yeah. fit her rough description. Who, you know, have no record, who moved somewhere shortly, like, within a year of the murder, or of the not-murder, right? Yeah, okay, that'd be great, yeah, because it's just methodical, right? Yeah. It's just plotting. That makes sense. Cross-reference other names, because I assume Carolyn Keene is not going to go by Carolyn Keene now. No, yeah. Or actually... Looking at people whose identities were stolen. Mm -hmm. Like, so you could could get the trail of, like, like... like a like a you know circumference around the city of yeah. of uh, identity thefts that happened around yeah. sure, shortly like, like after same gender same ethnicity same rough age right mm. and you're looking at people like that whose identities were you stolen punch that into Facebook <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> bam 
Yeah, that would actually be great. But I also, I like the details. She's been working on it this whole time. Like, she's been working on it for days. It's not like she just has the answer this whole time, right? Yeah, okay. So we, I guess we finally meet Carolyn here. Yeah. Right? Like, they all, you know, drive to Bayport. Yeah. You're a difficult person to find, Carolyn Keene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or she gives her her charm bracelet or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're a difficult person to find, Carolyn Keene. She has to say that. Yeah. She screws it up on the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) That's, uh, yeah, not hard enough. That's the whole idea. Pulls out a gun. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, by the way, for making me have to do this again. <laughs> so what does Carolyn Keene want then? Probably just to keep, just, just don't solve this. Yeah, problem. I almost kind of like the idea that this is going to become like a secret file of Nancy Drew. Mm. Yeah. You know, like this is going to Sometimes you solve something. a mystery, but you can't, like, well, then you've got room for a sequel, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, well, I like the idea that this sets up, I mean, it sets up a conflict should this go to series. It also <laughs> sets up mm-hmm. like the idea that this is about solving mysteries, not necessarily about overturning. When you have a built-in antagonist family. Yeah. And she knows she knows this dangerous thing, but maybe, yeah, maybe Carolyn says no. Like, just, you know, leave it alone. Like, my mother and my father made sacrifices so that I would be safe. Mm-hmm. Right. If I'm not safe, then it never. None of it meant anything. Yeah. But Nancy's yeah. like, but the clicks, <laughs> the sweet clicks. And actually, and, I mean, that's a good conflict, right? The, yeah. You know, maybe Nancy, even in some not jerky way, brings that up. And it right? could be interesting too if and like Carolyn's her like, friends, well, I can't stop you. I can just tell you what I want. If her friends didn't come with her, so when she comes back, they're gonna ask. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea because it makes Nancy's choice about not merely this sort of arbitrary ideal of justice like exposing the truth is inherently good yeah mm-hmm. so one of the things about the um encyclopedia brown books stories and we've we've you know referenced that series a couple times these these two, last two episodes is that they always rely on encyclopedia learning the truth and then by divulging the truth the uh the bully or the perpetrator admits it's like well you got me you named the thing as true and i will therefore admit it yeah that's right which seems so anathema to our contemporary discourse but i love the idea that nancy would be really hung up on they did something wrong Mm -hmm. like this was unjust yeah we 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 have to tell people it's a learning moment for her as a character too like she's going to be a different person at the end of this episode yeah and then it comes down to Neil, what you said is what does Carolyn want? What counts as justice? And I think Nancy to some degree was most interested in the story of it. Like you said, Matt, right? Like mm-hmm. this is, this is a really good story and she can't tell it. Yeah. Yeah. And, me, and maybe Carolyn's, I even, I sort of like the idea that she's even like, I can't make you do anything, but I've told you what I want. And if you release this, I'm going to have to disappear again. Yeah. Like I've been living as this person for 20 years. And I'll just, I'll have to disappear again. Yeah. Like, I will, I will do that. Do not look for me. Yeah. She yeah. says, she says, like, give me the courtesy of letting me know. Oh, you know what would be really great is if she goes back and Bess and George ask what happened. Yes. And Nancy like, says that she, it wasn't her. Yeah. Didn't find her. Right. Yeah. yeah I found a tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not her. And found a tombstone. And then that's yeah. what she does in her episode. Mm-hmm. She tracks oh. down. She finds the body. So she doesn't talk about the McGrath. Ah, she solves the. She solves. She solves the kidnapping yeah. murder. Yeah, she completes the narrative that already yeah. existed. Yeah, 
And so by doing that, she puts the McGraths on notice. By right. telling an obviously know. false version, they will know that she knows the real one. So yeah. her so her podcast episode becomes about how this kidnapping victim just escaped for some while, but then is actually dead now, right? Yeah. yeah oh, that's good. Yeah. And it's also, it'd be, it's sort of taunting too, because the McGraths wouldn't know what part of that story yeah. isn't true. Yeah. Right. Mm. That's really good. That's good. I really like that. Yeah, and then and then yeah, because we've got now the potential infrastructure for a, a sort of a series villains. Yeah, we have Nancy now and uh, having learned more, but also now having um, the network she and Bess and George have built. They're not just telling old stories that are done; they're actually investigating stuff, yeah. so yeah. they can solve more. You could end it with somebody being like, "Hey, you you solved that one. I've got a." Mineral rights property problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, and that's how you, you keep it. Yeah, with I like things. that. That's yeah, crazy. like I'm hearing strange sounds down the cove. I've got this <laughs> old clock. I, I think there's smugglers using the cave down on the beach. <laughs> oh, that's for the, the Hardy Boys. There are these there. Hardy Boys. I, actually, I mean, it'd be even, even funnier to do something else for someone's like, yeah, I was wrongfully convicted of smuggling. <laughs> <laughs> like, they said I was using a cave under the lighthouse I maintained. <laughs> like, it's not hard enough to run a lighthouse. I had to be Smuggling, <laughs> smuggling what? Clear my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Nice. <laughs>